Welcome to the Triage Method podcast with me, Gary, Jerome McGowan, and Mr. Patrick Sean Farrell. Patrick, how are how 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 are you this week? I am absolutely fantastic, Gary, as per usual. So, what are we talking about today? Yogging. Y- y- yogurts. Yogging. Uh, Yogging. Oh. Yogging. That's that's what the the Swiss do, isn't it? Yeah, yogging with a J. Yaw, yogging. Ah, yes, 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 yes. But anyway, Gary, what are we actually discussing today with regards to jogging? Okay, so over the past maybe, I don't know, year or two, I probably, I started doing a little bit, a little bit more jogging in my routine, you know, going for occasional jogs. And I've been going for some longer jogs recently. Um, I'm just going to call it running from now on because I don't think I can keep up the jogging act for the whole thing. But um, I've been running a bit more um, and I'm doing, I'm actually doing, <laughs> actually doing a marathon in like four weeks. Ah, stay to me. But anyway, um, basically, I've been interested in running. So I'm going to impose my interests on everyone else. No, but in all seriousness, because I've been doing that, we've had a lot of questions through triage about, you know, from, from people who are into lifting, but also people who are into to running being like, oh, you, you guys are actually talking about this stuff now. Why don't you answer my question? Blah, blah, blah. So this is going to be an introductory podcast into the concept of running and how you can actually get started with it. Because I think a lot of the um, discussion in, in the quote unquote fitness industry is almost universally about, about, you know, lifting and, you know, eating for body composition, etc. And we kind of just forget that there are other activities and there is obviously a fantastic running community and there's great information out there. But this, this podcast is going to serve the purpose of introducing, you know, how you could get into some running, um, what you should expect, you know, what, what, what considerations there might be for setting up your running for someone who's just kind of getting into it. Because I've had, I've had, I've got a couple of clients now who are kind of working towards their first 5k or their first 10k. And these are just small little goals for them along the side. But it makes the training process a lot more enjoyable for them. So I guess that is the main purpose of having this yachting podcast. So we're basically talking about how to set up some sort of concurrent training plan with regards specifically to running, because obviously there's other activities you can do. You could be on a cross trainer, the rowing machine, you know, whatever. But we're going to talk about it specifically with regard to running so i'm probably gonna title this podcast concurrent training for yogging um but yeah this is something that i think a lot of people want to do but they're not really sure how to do right and obviously there's a lot of people that are just like no man i just like fucking squatting triples that's 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 all i do you know and um, but even for those individuals yeah i always everyone always uses uh, milanichev as the example because he runs like 10ks you know, yeah. and a lot of the, the strong men, they do a lot of jogging as well. Now, they're not actually particularly fast if you've ever seen them run, but they're at least getting it done, you know. Um, so there is this concept, and we've talked about it before, where people are afraid of doing like aerobic training because they're like, oh, it's going to destroy all my gains. Uh, it's going to get rid of, you know, any little meager gains I've managed to eke out. Um, and they're, they're, they're fearful of bringing it into their plan. And to an extent, that's rightfully so, you know, because there are some considerations you have to take into account. Um, but how does someone go about this? So we'll, we'll give you a, a kind of an example. So 
I'm a, a resistance trained individual, right? I got into resistance training when I was 16 because that's what all the lads were doing, right? I used to play sports. wasn't particularly good, but I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed playing ga or I enjoyed playing football or whatever, you know? Um, how do I get back into some running? Because it was something that I actually quite enjoyed. But, you know, for the last, like, two, three, four, five years, all I've really been doing is resistance training in the gym. You know, I have some decent results. My physique is relatively good, you know, but I, I want to do some, some, some running. What, what's the story? Talk me through this. Yeah. So like the simple answer to that question is, is a simple answer and it is start <laughs> run. <laughs> but, uh, but that, that sounds silly, but it's actually quite a good answer because like, like this is, this is an important point, right? So if you think of, if you think of yourself as an advanced trainee, which I think a good few people that listen to this podcast do, like people are kind of, they're into their weight training. They may be doing it for, they've been doing it for a few years, but then what they start to do is they look at other activities through that lens. And that can be a bit of a problem. So like they're lifters and they start to look at running through the lens that they look at lifting. So they're like, all right, you know, how, how long should I run for? Um, like, like what should my heart rate be? Um, you know, how often should I do it per week? Blah, blah, blah. And they're good questions, really good questions when it comes to programming running. But if you were to, if you were to have a beginner lifter who's just about to go into the gym, if you were, if he was to ask you all those questions about, you know, um, is 70 or 80% of my one rep max better? How many reps should I do? How many reps should I leave in the tank? You'd, you'd say to them, you'd be like, look, don't sweat the details for the moment. Let's focus on getting the basic habits of getting to the gym regularly down. You know, let's, let's get you familiar with some of these exercises. Um, let's see where your strength is at. And it's the same thing when it comes to running, really. It's about starting, trying to build a habit, not trying to empty the tank right away. And for me, that's probably the biggest mistake that many people make when they start to get into running is that they're, they go into it with a kind of a personal best mindset or how fast can I go? Because I think like a lot of the time when people think of running, they do think of just going as fast as I can for as long as I can, you know, being super short of breath and just going hard all the way. And that, and that that's the goal. Whereas when it comes to training, that's not necessarily your goal. Like if you're starting to get into running, what, like, what is your goal? It's to be able to tolerate the forces and the loads that are, that you're going to be exposed to. Like that's one of the simple things for a beginner, like your, your legs, especially if you haven't done resistance training before, or even if you have, because it's quite different, you might be quite sore after doing it. So you've got to build up a bit of tolerance for that. You want to build a bit of an aerobic base. You're trying to build up some fitness. Um, you're trying to build psychological strategies to help you to get through the challenge because it's going to be very different to resistance training. Very, very different. Um, you're trying to develop uh, strategies for breathing. Like that's a really simple thing that applies to running, but well, it applies to resistance training as well in terms of bracing, but it's, a, it's very, very different. Like, that different people will have different patterns of breathing and it almost serves as like a metronome tempo when they're running. So it's like for me, I can't remember what it's like, but it's basically like I'll kind of do like a three-step exhale and a two-step inhale. And like that just keeps me sane when I'm running. Cause it's like, right, this is this is me doing this over and over and over and over again. And I know like without looking at my heart rate data that if I'm if I can't keep up that if that if that breathing starts to change and I can't keep up that three step and two step I know that maybe I'm, I'm far over where my heart rate should be for this run. But likewise, 
if I don't even need to do that breathing and I can breathe consistently in and out, I generally know that my heart rate is probably under because it's actually quite an easy run. So they're the types of things, the practicalities that people wouldn't necessarily think about when they first start to run. So to get back to the point, the answer to the question essentially is to start and to try and build in a small little bit. Because what some people do is they'll see, they'll see David Goggins or they'll see like uh, Courtney Dalter or any one of these, these crazy individuals who run ultra marathons and they see that as like the goal and they're like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to see how long I can run. And they go and they do one like 13K run and they're broken and they never want to come back to running again. And I've done that myself in the past. But really what you're trying to do is if you've never run like more than a couple of kilometers, you start with a couple of kilometers. See if you, do, if you can do two kilometers, um, rate how difficult it was, you know, how difficult do you think that was out of 10? Were you really short of breath throughout it? Um, and then you get an idea of like what your pacing actually is. So you, you start to get an idea of, just like strength training, you know, where your strength is at, where your fitness is at in this case. Like if you go out and you run two kilometers and you do that in say 13 minutes, then you now know that, all right, my pace was six and a half minutes per kilometer. And I was actually so short of breath that I couldn't even speak a sentence during any of it. Then you know that six and a half kilometers is towards the upper end of the pace that you can currently maintain. And then you try to chip away at that over time, but you don't do that. You don't do that by running at that pace or trying to beat it every time. You run at that pace by training at it sometimes, training below it other times, training a little bit above it for shorter periods other times, and you're basically just constantly nudging things forward. And to liken that to resistance training, it would be like you trying to improve your five rep max, for example. You wouldn't go into the, well, some people do, but you wouldn't go into the gym every day and just do your five rep max every day. Like that, that's at this point from listening to the podcast, you'd know that that's a poor training practice. That's probably not a good idea. Similarly, you don't want to go out and just try, run 5K as fast as you can every time and expect that to be the, the key to improving your running. Um, you, you might go in, what you might do is some days you might do a couple of heavy singles with two reps in the tank. You might do a couple of sets of five. Um, I'm talking about weight training now. A couple of sets of five where you got a couple of reps in the tank. And then you might even do some, rep, some work in the eight to 12 rep range. And overall, things are nudging that five rep max up over time. And in this case, if you were trying to say, all right, I want to get a 25 minute, five kilometer time, that's my goal. Then you might have some sessions where you do repeated bouts of uh, 400 to 600 meters, a little bit fast, you know, faster, way above that pace. And then you kind of walk or jog really slowly in between. You might have sessions where you do 5k, but you leave you you say, all right, I'm not going to get beyond the point where I can't speak a sentence, or I'm not going to go above 150 to 160 beats per minute, whatever it might be. And then you might have some sessions where you're like, oh, I'm actually going to do a longer, easier run of uh, eight to 12 kilometers now. And then that's going to nudge my fitness forward. So that would be my introductory point is to start to view things in terms of like, I know I said, don't view them through the lens of weight training, but at least try and carry over some of those principles carry over the principles of training a little bit easier, using different repetition ranges, um, saving some reps in the tank, et cetera, et cetera. Um, do you think that's a good kind of starting framework for thinking about this? A hundred percent. Again, like you said, you basically just need to start. That's, that's the main thing, right? Because again, people do get into that paralysis by analysis mindset where it's like, oh, well, uh, should I do this? And should I do this? And should I do this? Like, I just think like set a, a time and be like, right, well, I'm just going to run for 30 minutes. Like just, or a route, a route is good as well. You know, it's like yeah. just going to run 
this exact route. Like I know there's a, a route around my my area where it's like that's that's roughly five and a half k, you know. So it's like, can I run that, you know? And just just run that again. You might notice, like, okay, well, you know, I pushed myself a little bit too much. Okay, I'm gonna have to walk for a little bit of that. And it's basically just getting yourself adapted to that stimulus, that new stimulus, you know, where it's like, okay, like your calves are going to feel this, or your Achilles is going to feel this, or your feet are going to feel this, or your knees are going to feel this, or your back is going to feel this. You know, there's probably going to be little niggles as a result because it's simply a stimulus you've never, well, you have done, but you haven't done in a while, right? So you have to acknowledge that, you know, and ideally you would get to the first few exposures that aren't so bad like you were saying, people go out and go, I'm going to run 13K, <laughs> you know, but you get your first few exposures that aren't that bad, that don't leave you crippled as a result, you know, like I always find my calves are, I don't even have calves, which is disgusting, but uh, they're always the thing that gets deconditioned <laughs> fastest, you know, so it's like it's a phantom muscle pain, literally like, you know, and <laughs> uh, my body thinks they're these fucking 30 inch monsters when really they're this three inch monsters. And, uh, but, uh, you know, like it's like that they're the thing that gets deconditioned fast from not running. So as soon as I go out running, it's like, yeah, this is fine. But I notice that they feel it the next day. They feel a little bit tight. They feel a little bit, you know, kind of domsy, you know. So it's like I, I, I know that personally for myself. And it's like, okay, so if I'm going to start engaging in this, I'm going to have to slowly ramp up my uh, level of effort and level of volume so that I don't get myself crippled. Like I could, I could run a 10K right now, you know, I have the fitness for it, you know, but my body isn't conditioned for it. The, the muscular system, the, the skeletal system, all that stuff isn't conditioned for it right now. So you might be coming from this and you're like, yeah, I've been actually doing a bit of, you know, cross trainer after my sessions. I've been doing a little bit of, you know, Stairmaster or whatever, you know, uh, just to, increase some calorie burn maybe you've done that throughout your dieting and whatever else and you're like yeah i'm relatively fit you know my resting heart rate is 50 or something and you think you're fit and you go out to run but the thing that fall the wheels that fall off the wagon are the the conditioning for that actual event itself you know like again like in the gym you might an analogous analogy even uh, would be you know you're used to doing a uh, dumbbell bench press you know and you're like or rather, it's actually an easier one. You know, you're used to doing like a machine chest press, you know, so you're really adapted to that. You're like, yeah, my chest, my results are great. But then you go to do, I don't know, a bench press, you know, and then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, like I'm still relatively strong at it. But, you know, the next day you wake up and you're like, Jesus Christ, man, I didn't even know I had muscles there. I thought I was working out my chest. And, you know, this the sides here feel like they've never felt like that before, you know. It's because you've just changed the stimulus, you know. So while you might be fit, you still have to condition the body to handle the loads, the, the, the changes of direction, all the stuff that you're going to engage in when you go for a yog, you know? Yes, sir. Absolutely. And I mean, like, <clears throat> you'll notice that when you go running, like I, it was actually, it was pretty much exactly two years ago. Like that was, that was the time when I went back to physiotherapy. Remember we had just, we had just finished up both of us that were dieting for ages and I started to do a little bit of running. That was pretty much when I first started and have been doing it kind of intermittently since. But I remember that time I did like my first 10K. The first time I'd gone above 10K ever in my life. And that was, yeah, that was September 2017. And I remember, I think I did it in like 65, maybe 70 minutes. And I was delighted. 
I was like, this is unreal. I am, I am Elliot Kipchoge. Look at my endurance. Everyone admire me. I am so fast and so fit. And like my average heart rate is probably like 170. Whereas last night, and I think this is good to give context because people don't know how to measure their progress when it comes to running. Last night I did, I did a, a 10, 10K run, which, was, which for me was a planned, very light training run, average heart rate of like 140, 10K in 55 minutes. And like that's that's not fast. Like the, the goal is not not to say, oh look how fast I am now, but to say that like this is how progress accumulates. That I can wake up this morning and like my legs, I don't even feel like I went for a run. It just felt it felt like I was doing I was after doing say that hour on the cross trainer, you know, which is generally a bit easier to tolerate for people. So that's what it feels like now. It feels like just doing really casual low impact cardio that one might do in the gym. Whereas then it felt like hell. You know, I felt like I was on the grind, man. I was Navy SEALs, buds training stuff. Like, and I was so, you know, in the game. Whereas now it's just like, oh, it's just a little bit of easy, casual training. And that's the way that, that things move forward. And I think people don't often see that because they, they try to take the initial experience that they have with something and think that it's always going to be like that. And sure, there is an element of that in that if you go and do a 10K and you crush yourself that first time, like, yeah, you'll, you'll be sore in two years when you try and go and crush a third kid, you know? So there's always going to be that step forward that still gives you those negative experiences. But what you shouldn't conclude from those initial negative experiences is that one, you're not cut out for the activity. Like that's a really bad thing to, to conclude. Um, two, that every session you need to do needs to be like that. Um, and, and three, that that's necessarily the goal. Like the goal isn't to be sore. The goal isn't just to be out of breath and to run as fast as you can. The, the goal is to train and develop fitness over time. And I think like, as more of a, an almost like a, a kind of a pragmatic why aside, like why, why would you bother running? Like one of, the, one of the things that's really good about getting into doing a little bit of running is that you could do it anywhere, which is quite nice. You know, you can, you can go anywhere in the world and you can get a bit of training done. So one of, like one of the things that people often struggle with is the, is the idea of getting training in while they're away on holidays. Whereas if you've got that little bit of a sidekick, you know, you do a little bit of running every now and then, you can go and you can get a good session in anywhere in the world and it makes it really, really enjoyable to just be able to get your training in. You don't feel guilty because you're like, oh no, I can't get training in. It's also a really nice way to explore a new city or something if you are in a new city to be able to go for a little bit of a run. So it is just a nice thing to be able to do. So I think like that's that's obviously like totally subjective and you don't have to view the world like that, but that's the way I view the world. And I think it's a nice thing for people to be able to do. So even if you were just saying to yourself, look, I'd not... I'd like to be able to do a 5k maybe up to this point you've been saying to yourself I'm not cut out for running or anytime I've tried it's been like this what we're trying to get across is that every every fitness experience is going to be pretty negative the first time you do it that's going to be the hardest time that you do it after that you know you're going to get smarter with your training process you're going to start nudging things forward recognizing that training is different to fitness testing and eventually over time you're going to get better and everyone like everyone has the ability to get to the point where they can do 5k to 10k and obviously like some of the smart ass gonna be listening oh not who people not people who are like i don't know quadriplegic or whatever you know obviously there are exceptions man but uh most people are going to be able to get to the point where they can engage in these activities and i don't think running 5 or 10k is beyond anyone by any means 100 percent um so they're they're on board now they're like okay cool I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to ease myself into it. Essentially is what we're saying. You know, it's like, okay, I'm just going to take the first few sessions relatively, even if I get 15 minutes of a run in, 
that's cool. I can build on that, you know? So start low and then build over time, right? So they're, they're, they're bought into that, okay? So that actually answers the vast majority of questions you're going to have around this, right? As simple as a concept as that is, like that's, that's the, the, the key, right? But there are still some considerations you need to put into effect, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, you're probably training your, your resistance training your legs. How does that fit into your running overall, Gary? Like, like how can I improve my squat? You know, I want to get juicier legs and I want to be stronger, but how does that fit in with the fact that I also want to get fitter and I also want to get better at running? Yeah. So there's definitely, there's definitely an, an element of, you know, these things being some somewhat opposing each other. Like there is an element of that, but it tends to be more of a problem at very high levels or people who are genuinely thinking I'm, I'm sure I want to be a runner and a powerlifter. Like if that's what you're thinking, you want to be competitive in both, there's going to be some trade-offs. But for most people, I mean, if you think of practically like, let's say five kilometers, like most people probably think 5k. Yeah. I'd be happy if I could do 5k. You know, that's pretty decent. Maybe 10k. Most people who are like, I want to get into a bit of running. They're not thinking I want to do 20k. I want to do 30k. I want to do marathons. Like, that's not the vast majority of people. So I've put most people in that bracket of wanting to be able to do the occasional five to 10k. And if you look at the, the, the duration of those runs, excuse me, most people are going to fall within slightly above, slightly below, let's say average around 30 to 60 minutes. So 30 minute run for a 5k, 60 minute run for a 10k. So you're looking at roughly those time periods. And I mean, if you were to do, let's say a 3k Monday, you do a 5k on Friday, and then you decide to do like an eight to 10k on a Saturday or Sunday when you have more time available. Like, what are you looking at there? You're looking like an hour, you're looking at less than two hours of running per week. You know, that's not like, it's not that much, you know, it's not that much overall. You're looking at, you're looking at something that is actually below, like depending on the intensity that you're running at, it's below or, or barely kind of getting to the point where you're meeting your basic exercise guidelines for health. So, I mean, these are by no means athletic training volumes. If you're talking about a marathon runner or an ultra marathon runner, who's running like a hundred K hundred miles, even a week, like hundred to 150 K a week, that's a different ball game. Like, are you going to maximize your squat doing that? No, probably not. But if you're doing, if you're that person and you're doing like 16 K a week, you're spending less than two hours running. I think it's definitely very doable to continue building muscle and building strength. And like on the other side of the spectrum for the people who are maybe primarily interested in running and they want to do their strength training, like strength training is only going to help. So doing your bit of strength training is certainly still possible without taking away from your running. You have to respect that people have both goals. Um, so for, like, then it comes to the point that you actually asked is like, practically, how do you go about this? Like for the beginner, the person who's just getting into a bit of running. So I suppose like first things first, most people are just getting into running. We, we understand you're not going to be getting going doing like 10 Ks every week right away, but let's just assume you get to the point where you are that person who's doing, let's say, you do a quick 3K on Monday, you know, before work, like Monday's a busy day. 5K midweek, you have a bit of time, you do a 5K, let's say, on a Wednesday. And then on a, on a Saturday or Sunday, as I said, you do an 8 to 10K when you have more time available. Let's take that person and see how that would fit into their training week. So if you think about, let's say, let's take someone who's following the triage method, four-day training splits, and they're doing the upper, an upper-lower split, right? So you've got two upper-body days, you've got two lower-body days. What's the best way you can potentially set them up? 
the way that would initially come into my mind would be doing something along the lines of, let's say you choose, your, you have your upper or lower session on a Monday normally. Um, let's say you do your upper session. You could then throw your 3K run, which is probably going to take you 15 to 18 minutes, maybe 20. You throw that in at the end of your upper body session. If you want to prioritize money, running a bit more, you could put it in at the start. Um, but I think most people listening to this are probably like, I'm adding in running as a supplement. So you could finish your upper body session and do your 3K run. Alternatively, you could get up in the morning, you could do your 3K run before you have your shower in the morning. Because it's, because it's so short, you could probably easily find 20 minutes to shave off your day and fit that 3K run in. So I think that's, that's probably going to be less of a problem. On Tuesday then, let's say you get in your lower body session. Okay, This is where things become like a bit more challenging for some people because you're, you're going to be saying, right, I've got my lower body session on a Tuesday and then I'm thinking about doing my, my 5K run on a Wednesday or maybe a Thursday. So give yourself, you could give yourself that option of doing the 5K on a Wednesday or a Thursday um, and you can actually change that as you go through your six-week block of training, let's say. What you might do initially is, like generally at the start of a program, someone might expect to have more muscle soreness in response to their resistance training than they will later on in the program. So let's say for weeks one and two, you decide that you're going to do your 5K on the Thursday so that you've got two days between the lower body session and your 5K. And then you say, because you're giving yourself that extra bit of time to recover, then you do your 5K on the Thursday. Then you do your upper body set. You, when's your next upper body session? That could be on the, the, thir the, the Thursday as well. You know, just slot it in on Thursday. And then you've only got one resistance training le session left. You've got your lower body session. And that could be on Friday slash Saturday. Friday is probably the best way to do it. And then you've got two days again until you do your longer run, which is going to be on the Sunday, we'll say. So there are the types of considerations I would be building in. Is like, all right, I'm giving myself a couple of days between my lower body training and my, my, my longer runs especially when I know I'm going to be sore after my lower body training. But two weeks into the program, let's say, you're not really sore anymore. You could easily do your run the day after. You could, you could like, I would do it the same day. It wouldn't bother me that much. But ideally, you'd separate them out by a few hours if you can. But at the same time, if you want to do a 5K right after your lower body session, it's not the end of the world. You know, you're still moving forward. It's not going to be optimal for your running training, but it's certainly doable, you know? So, so yeah, I guess like in terms of setting it up, it's very much dependent on how sore you're going to be after your sessions. Ideally, you'd set up your programming in a way that is smart, so that you're not always sore. Um, and after a couple of weeks, you shouldn't be sore after your, after your resistance training sessions really anyway. Um, in terms of running then, initially, you're probably going to be a little, little bit more susceptible to some muscle soreness after you're running. So initially, and in those one to two weeks at the start of the program, your intent would be to keep your pace like much lower than it normally would be because you're introducing yourself to the overall training stress that you're going to be exposed to. So you've got, you've got, a, you've got the context where you're accepting a little bit of soreness from your weight training, and then you're trying to minimize the soreness from your running by reducing your pace down a bit, reducing the overall fatigue that it's going to cause. And then when you know that you've adapted, adapted a little bit more to the resistance training that you're doing, you're ramping up the pace of the running a little bit more. And once you've been doing both for a couple of weeks, you shouldn't find that it's stressful on your body overall, and you shouldn't experience that much um, that much soreness. Of course, all of this is kind of up in the air because we don't know what resistance training you're doing, what your experience is. We're assuming that you're just starting a program, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think it's the it's the concepts and the thought process that you should be taking away from this, as opposed to the 
the specifics of the actual guidelines. In terms of actual interference effects then, in terms of like resistance training and um, your conditioning or your running, in this case, taking away from each other, like the, the, the easy practical strategy is to have them on different days. Okay, that's like, that's the simplest way of doing it, have them on different days. But that's not always practical. Where that's not possible, what you can do is have them on the same day, but separate it out by a number of hours. That's one way that you can, you can minimize that interference. A third way you can do it um, is to, you could do, let's say you're, you're running after your resistance training, but what you could do is have a pre-prepared shake of let's say half a scoop of whey protein and uh, 30 grams of carbohydrates or something that you have prior to the run so that you have a bit more fuel on board. You're minimizing the catabolic processes that were ongoing in response to your resistance training and you're at least giving yourself some fuel to keep going and initiating the recovery process to some degree. So you could also do that. And then I think that's the final thing, which is a bigger picture consideration, would be to like don't don't take on more activity while also trying to put yourself in a big deficit. Because this is probably one of the biggest problems I see people run into is that they view running or additional cardio as a means of increasing energy expenditure so that they can lose body fat. And I guess you're then amplifying all of the potential problems that we've already discussed because you're not giving yourself the fuel and the recovery resources to be able to adapt to new exercise, yet still adding in all this additional training stress. So if you wanna be able to fuel multiple activities, give yourself sufficient fuel, like give yourself sufficient carbohydrate, give yourself sufficient calories, and have the goal of just maintaining your weight for a while. You know, see, how, see what, what life feels like when you're actually fueling your training, as opposed to just trying to use activity as a tool for dieting, um, because, that's just not going to lead to the best performance outcomes. 100% Gary. And this is actually very, <clears throat> what you're talking about there, like the, the kind of setup is very similar to what I do now. Obviously, as we discussed before, like I'm doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So I basically have like yeah. three things that I'm doing. And we're going to talk about like setting up training programs for you know, combat sports at another stage. So I won't get too in depth into it, but effectively that's what I'm doing. I resistance train four days per week. I'm, ba I'm basically using one of the templates we have in the four day ebook um, and what I do on, so that leaves me with three days off. And what I do on those days off is two of those. I do some extra cardio. Now I'm personally not running at the moment. Uh, I'm just using the cross trainer cause it's lower impact and there's less interference. And also I, I find I get better like upper body conditioning as well with it, which would obviously make sense. Um, and plus, I also just don't like running for extremely long lengths of time. Like I, I can do 45 minutes easy on the cross trainer, whereas I just get bored running for 45 minutes. Um, so, but even if it, if it wasn't the case and I was like, no, I'm going to do running. I don't want to have to go to the gym. You know, I don't want to have to do that. Like when I was over in Boise, like I used to go on a, a few runs because, you know, the weather is nice out and, you know, I basically have a sedentary job. So I'd like to get my, my steps in. So I'd go for like a half hour run around the blocks um, and just get my activity in that way uh, on the days I wasn't doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, but that's, that's essentially how I'm setting up my program. Now, the ideal way to set this up, like you're saying, if you're talking about ideals, you know, like you can go, okay, cool. I only have an hour to train, but I can do that hour every single day, right? Rather than like you're saying like, oh, maybe you might want to split it up, you know, do some either your cardio in the morning and your resistance training in the evening or vice versa, or, you know, do your cardio in the afternoon. People are like, Oh, look, I just don't want to have the hassle of doing that. I already fucking struggle to get to the gym for 
the hour, right? So they're like, okay, cool. But I want to bring in some extra running, resistance training four days per week. I think bringing in two cardio sessions on top of that is pretty realistic to add to your day. You know, even if it's just one cardio session, you can effectively have five days of training, excuse me, and you're basically just doing that before work, say, right? So you're five mornings per week. You could very easily do upper, lower, cardio, upper, lower, you know? And if you wanted to do another one, then you could do cardio again, you know? And that would effectively give you the maximal recovery for the resistance training, right? Because, yeah, your cardio might take a hit because you're, you're doing your, your leg training, your lower body training the day before you do it, but you're effectively giving yourself 24 hours to recover before the next session. Now, obviously, that can impact your ability to progress your cardiovascular work, you know, especially if it's, it's running where, you know, it's very lower body intensive. But like Gary was saying, you know, you do adapt to it relatively quickly, right? And effectively, if you keep it, like we said at the start of the podcast, in a lower intensity, like you ease yourself into it, you know, you're not just going like, oh, I'm going to hit my best 10K time when I'm doing that cardio after I just hit a PR in fucking, I don't know, squats or something. You know, it's like, that's, that's obviously not going to happen. Or if you do try to do that, you're going to be more sore you know? Um, so you have to plan it accordingly. And effectively, well, I treat those cardio days as it's almost like active recovery, you know? So for me personally, I'm keeping my heart rate 120 to 130, right? So you can easily bring that approach into your running as well, where you're like, I just want to slowly accumulate more running volume, get my body conditioned to it, bring up my overall aerobic conditioning without, you know, making the wheels fall off the wagon here and just destroying myself, you know? So you keep your heart rate relatively low. You don't go past your ability to recover. And what I mean by that is, like, you're not finally, like I said before, like, my calves are always the thing for me that, you know, always feel it. You know, obviously, there's an adaptation period, but I don't go in and go, yeah, okay, cool. I'm just going to write down on my program 60 minutes of running and then try to do that, having never done 15 minutes of running. You know, like if that, if it means that you start off with 15 minutes of running and I don't know, do it on a treadmill, you know, it's probably less effective than running outside because, you know, there's, there's more impact on the joints, uh, just, you know, because it's a treadmill rather than like soft ground that you could potentially run on. Um, you can slowly adapt to that. Now you can also do it the other way and have a, a lower body training session, upper body training session, and then your cardiovascular training session, you know, you're, you're running then. If that's what you want to do and you're like, oh, I want to really prioritize my running, you know, and I don't mind that the next session I come into is going to be a lower body training session and I might be carrying some fatigue into that. If you're like, look, you know, I'm pretty happy with where all my numbers are, my strength in the lower body and my my muscularity in the lower body and I just want to bring in some extra running, you know, you can definitely do that. But you're like, oh, my upper body, I want to prioritize that a little bit more. You know, you could set up your program so that the cardio is the day before the, the lower body training. But again, as Gary was saying earlier on, like after that adaptation period and because you're giving yourself a full 24 hours effectively between the sessions, the interference is probably not, it's probably going to be minimal, you know? Yet, the first few sessions, the first few weeks, you're probably going to find, 
your calves are a little bit tighter or you know your your knees might little little niggle or something you know maybe you know your lower back or something is a little bit tighter or you know you're just feeling that general kind of fatigued feeling in the legs but all of that once you're adapted it kind of goes away it, it, it basically as long as you're not going full pelt at those runs it kind of just feels like you were walking you know you did extra steps during the day you know once you're not going all out with it you know like like you were saying gary gary earlier uh you did a run and you know you woke up this morning and it's like it doesn't it doesn't feel like you were even exercising it's just like oh yeah like that's that was just extra activity throughout the day i burnt a few extra calories but there's no real demand on the body if that makes sense you know so i think that for for a lot of people is an easy way to set it up like literally just do your cardio on separate days if you're resistance training four days per week just add in two running sessions you know you can set it up so that they're the day before your leg sessions if you want to prioritize your running or you can set it up the day before your upper body sessions and thus the day after your lower body sessions uh if you want to prioritize your your leg strength you know it's basically just fatigue management across the week you know and the one thing again like you might find that certain muscle groups are more affected like i'm saying my calves but maybe for you it's your your hamstrings you know and you might have to again adapt to that over a few weeks so you're going to have to take a hit with some of your numbers like again like if you're like oh i know that my my squat is 140 kilos for three sets of eight you know and i'm roughly always around there you know obviously you you have some reps in reserve or you're you're at different intensity levels different rep ranges but that's that's a rough measure of your strength you know the first few weeks you might take a hit on your ability to be that strong you know but again that comes down to managing your fatigue over the entire week your your calories like Gary was saying because most people do bring in cardio because they're like oh i need to burn more calories and as a result they're just in a calorie deficit and they've increased the the stress demand on their body so they're not fueling that you know um so obviously you're going to find that your numbers are going to be taking a hit it's basically like you're doing four lower body training sessions now per week you know and you've reduced calories like you wouldn't do that if you were you know trying to get bigger stronger more muscular whatever you wouldn't be like oh i'm going to do you know more for this muscle group but then eat less you know it, do, it doesn't make sense you know and um, so for for most people i think that's a good approach that you can bring in and again you can also just do it if you're like right cool i can do that i normally train four resistance training sessions per week you know maybe on the weekend on one of the days i just slowly start ramping up my running you know i go for a 15 minute run the next week then it's 20 minutes then it's 25 30 and it's just slowly over time one day per week you're just bringing in some extra running, you know, and once you're adapted to that one day, then you can go, okay, now can I bring it into other days? And that's like Gary said, you know, that could be after your sessions, you know, it could even be after your lower body sessions. Like say your sessions take 45 minutes to an hour. That's generally what we, we recommend for resistance training. You know, obviously there's individuals that have to train longer or shorter or whatever, but you know, 45, for, 45 minutes to an hour, that's pretty good. Maybe you then do 15, 20 minutes of running afterwards. Again, at a lower intensity, it's not that, you know 170 beats per minute heart pounding out of your chest you know it's like okay no it's 120 to 140 and it's basically just kind of getting the blood flowing getting the body adapted to it you know 
And again, you could have that where you're basically running five days per week then or six days per week, you know? And again, that will get you pretty fit and pretty conditioned for running overall. But effectively, it just comes down to implement it slowly and then keep your expectations where they should be, you know? And obviously then manage your volume across the week. Yeah, and I mean, like, to reiterate the point you just made, like, you'd be surprised how easy it can get. As in, like, some people, like, I think if you if you don't do any running, you think of running as being this thing, like, where, oh, my God, it, it's it's so hard. It's, like, long distance, endurance, and you think every session is going to be hard because that's all you've really ever, like, any time you've exposed yourself to it, it's probably been an an off-the-cuff, just casual, like, like work 5K, and you all were racing each other, and you were walked after for multiple days whereas like when you actually just treat it like a gradual training process that you casually expose yourself to over time you end up in this point where you're just like am i am i now a person who just like casually runs 10ks and like it is weird because it's like oh this actually is a thing and it actually can just be a very casual easy cardio session like i was talking to someone in college during the week and like looking back i'm like yeah i probably did sound like an absolute knob but like it's so i was saying um they were asked, they said this all on my post on Facebook and they were like, how's your, how's your running going? I was like, I just, I've had a bit of a calf strain for the last two weeks, um, which I have actually. Um, and they were like, and I was, so I was saying, so I've just, I've just been doing kind of a couple of casual, couple of casual, like 10 Ks, like nothing too long. And like, when I heard it come out of my mouth, I was like, how are you? Like, when did you become this person that just casually does 10 Ks? And that's not to say that that's like impressive because it's, it's so low on the, on the, on the rung. It's just that if you don't expose yourself to it, it seems like that's a lot. So when you're, when people are, are into lifting and they think about doing a five or 10 K run, they think like, God, that's distance running. I'd never be able to do that. Whereas it's actually a relatively easy level for most people to get to. So again, trying to encourage you folks that, that you can almost certainly get there. One of my clients, James is, um, he's particularly impressive because he's actually like, He's probably the same weight as you, Paddy. Well, he was anyway, but he's, he's down around 91. Yeah, but I just want to just say, he actually looks better than me, though. Yes, he actually looks like he lifts because he's short. He's short, but he's also like 90 plus kilos. So you're talking yeah. about a guy, yeah, you're talking about a guy who like, you know, squats, squats close to, to 200 kilos, deadlifts like 200 kilos plus like for reps, you know, just as part of his training normally. Um, he's a really strong jacked guy and just was like, I actually want to get into running. And I've coached him now for, two marathons in the last few months. And like, if you saw the guy, you're like, that guy, not a marathon runner. But like, he's just like, like, why not? Like, why, why don't, why wouldn't I do this? And now his, his next goal that we're working towards is uh, the Jurassic 100K. <laughs> it's, a, it's a 100K race next, next May that is actually, it's not just 100K. You also accumulate 20 hundred meters, 2,800 meters of elevation because you're basically running across the mountains. So like, he's just like, yeah, like I just want to set myself bigger goals. So if you're someone who's never done any running and you're thinking that, you know, oh, I could, I could never do 5k. I'm not like that. Like there's people out here who are just like, yeah, I'm going to start doing hundred K's like, why not? So it's, it's certainly, certainly doable. And I, this is another point that we've actually touched on in, was it the, the generalist podcast? I think that was the episode to broaden, broaden your perspectives on, on what fitness actually is because if you've only ever exposed yourself to people who think of fitness as a way to improve body composition like it's just weight training and tracking calories or or even if it's just powerlifting like look beyond that and look what other people kind of view fitness as because you'll start to see that people who are at a 
very like mediocre level are doing some things that might be pretty impressive to you because you've never exposed yourself to, to that side of things. So whether that be cycling, swimming, I don't know, mountaineering, running, whatever it might be, climbing, look, look, look to those people for some inspiration. And I actually, I'm, I'm fairly confident that just makes fitness far more enjoyable overall because there does come a point for most people where the body composition stuff, like it's fun, it's, it's enjoyable, but some people crave a little bit more than that. And there's more out there. 100%, you know, and again, like we're obviously talking about this from the, the lens of running because that's, that's effectively the question, you know, where it's like, Oh, yeah. how do I integrate running into my thing? But it's the same with all activities. Like again, swimming, you could easily just transpose everything we just said about swimming. Now it's effectively the opposite where swimming is very upper body intensive. Um, like you're only supposed to use your legs for like, I think it's five to 10% yeah. of the, the propulsion. It's basically to keep you buoyant, which I can't do. I have negative buoyance. I just sink straight to the bottom. Like, um, but, uh, you, you're effectively everything we just said, you then say, okay, when they were talking about interference with the, the lower body it, for swimming, it's interference with the upper body. And you again would maybe swap the things around and we were like, okay, well, I want to prioritize swimming. So, you know, I'm going to have the swimming the day before the upper body training session. And again, if you wanted to prioritize your upper body, it's like the upper body before the swimming session, you know? So again, it just, it just becomes fatigue management and it just becomes being smart with your overall training. But like I always use the example, like Cameron Haynes, he's, he's a guy that I, uh, I admire, I follow, uh, like he's a bow hunter and he does like ultra marathons and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and he always talks about, it. he's like, yeah, the first time I did it, he was like, I quit. You know, I literally tried to do a 5k and I quit, couldn't do it, you know? And he's something that people, someone that people look up to now in terms of, uh, ultra endurance events and stuff like he's just casually does runs every day does you know his run before work uh, during the middle of the day lifts and shoots archery in the evening you know it's like he literally gets like he's a casual day and he has like 30k steps because he's done two runs two he marathons runs mar marathon like every day yeah and it's like just 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 finished a 240 mile race the more 240 <laughs> you know what i mean like it's like that's that's just who he is as a person, you know, because he has slowly and surely brought up his ability, his the adaptations to that event and built himself to be that person, you know? And again, like, as I said, he literally couldn't do it the first time. Could, like, couldn't do it. He literally quit, you know? So don't feel that if you are the individual that does quit, you know, you're, oh, look, I tried to bring it in and I destroyed myself. It's not for me. It's like, no, you just exposed yourself to too much at that time point. You can slowly and surely build yourself up to be able to handle that, that volume, that load, you know? And um, yeah, I think that's, that's answers the question effectively, you know, basically you just need to do it and you need to slowly adapt to it. You know, we can talk about the intricacies of how you actually set up the training plan to like actually accommodate that, but it's actually very straightforward, you know, do your running so that it doesn't interfere with your resistance training. Or if you feel that they do interfere, prioritize one or the other, you know, and just make your program reflect that, you know, I, I don't like as much as we can get into like very, very nuanced things. It effectively just comes down to that. Just manage your fatigue. Just don't do too much and allow your body to adapt. And then you'll be able to do more. You know?
Yeah, like, I mean, we could easily try and make this sound like a really sexy podcast by us getting into, you know, different things related to the anaerobic threshold and threshold training and, and like all these real specific things about running that could potentially be important. But ultimately, like, it just doesn't matter for, for, for most people that, are li- that would be interested in, in this episode because we're speaking to you as beginners. I'm speaking to, to me as in like, I would not have approached running in the way that I did for the last two years if I didn't truly believe that this, all this stuff I was telling you was true. Like I didn't have a specific plan over the last two years that, all right, I'm going to fine tune everything. My, like my, my sole goal has been to, I'm going to introduce it gradually. There's going to be periods of time where I probably won't get much in. That's okay. Because it's not, it's not at the forefront of my goals, but I'm going to make sure that I do something consistently. And I am at least, I'm at least, you know, doing something. I'm just moving forward. Like that's the only goal. It's just to move forward, whether it's the 5k time, the 10k time, the 20k time, the overall distance, whatever it is, you're just moving forward a small little bit. And for me, like that meant an improvement within it, within a year from, from a 30k time of like, what was it like three and a half half hours to, to two hours and 25 just recently. Like, and that's, that's over an hour of improvement. So for me, I'm like, all right, at least from my own approach, the proof is in the pudding that it is just about doing something relatively consistently. And that's very clear to anyone who started resistance training. Like remember the first time you got under a bar to do a squat or a bench press. And then remember where you were one year later, like your gains were huge, but you didn't know what you were doing. You did loads of stupid shit. And sure it could be the case that you might've, if you had fine tuned everything, your results might've been a little bit better. But at the end of the day, when it comes to being a beginner, you are very sensitive to training. So you need very little, so save the fancy tools and the fancy programs for later on, you know, keep it basic, keep it simple, focus on developing the habits um, and actually just getting it done consistently. And you'll be surprised where you are one year from now. Um, so yeah, if you do listen to this podcast and you're like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm getting to get in the game. Like let us know how it's going in the Facebook group. You know, if you have more specific questions, let us know. I'd love to, I'd love if people came back in six months time or a year's time and they were like, we took your, I took your advice. Here I am now. Did my first 5K. Did my first 10K. Whatever. Because that's ultimately the purpose of this podcast is to get people doing shit, breaking down the barriers and, and living that, that they're too easy lifestyle. And you just touched on something that I just want to elaborate on. This is, this is the same across, across the board. Like People think that they have to treat themselves like athletes to actually progress. Like they look at all those individual things that athletes would have to look at. You know, like they'd be like, oh, your, your VO2 max, you need to know where it's at and you can need to track it over time or what's your anaerobic threshold and all these different terms that if you are listening to this and you're a runner yourself, you're going to be like, yeah, I'm 100% familiar with all of those things, yeah. you know, or there's X, Y, and Z that you should also be tracking, you know, your different paces and different, like there's so many things that you can track, which if you are an athlete, if you are literally, oh yeah, the sport that I'm involved in is running. You know, that's, that's your sport. It's like, yeah, like, yeah, hundred percent. You should be looking after these things or at least understand and know how your training program is influencing, influencing these things. But if you're just someone that's like, yeah, I actually just want to be able to run 5k, 10k. I just want to be able to run. I actually just enjoy running. I'm not trying to do it as a sport. I'm not trying to, you know, win marathons or ultra endurance events or anything like that. It's like, I just want to engage in some running. Like you don't really need to know any of these like advanced concepts you just need to actually get out consistently and run and by doing that you will progress you know and again like yes you have to manage your fatigue yes you have to manage your your overall adaptations but it doesn't have to be complicated to to do that you know 
Yep. And I guess before my bladder literally explodes all like, over the couch. You just peed before this. Before this. I've had three cups of tea, a Coke Zero, <laughs> big pint of water. All right, well, I'm going to wrap this up. You keep your earphones on so you can still hear me. You go pee. I'm going to, going to talk, right? So, yeah, you chat. Chat away. Finish it off. <laughs> so, yeah, I hope that uh, helps a lot of people conceptualize how to actually engage in some running with resistance training still being maybe their priority or, you know, a, a secondary priority for them, you know, but they want to just engage in some, some sort of uh, aerobic activity. Again, it could be swimming. It could be, you know, the cross trainer, but you, there is some sort of interference effect. But once you're smart about it and once you bring stuff in, in a, uh, a coherent manner, you know, it just becomes so irrelevant to the overall discussion, right? Now, as Gary was saying, if you are looking to engage in more questions, get better answers, get, you know, part of the community, I do implore you to join the, the free Facebook group because, like, we've been very active in there recently, loads of people asking questions, you know, so if you are interested in getting your questions answered, that's, that's the place to get them answered. You know, it's linked down in the description box so you can just join it. It's literally free. Like you have to answer a question, like, where did you hear about this? But other than that, like I'll be accepting the, 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 the ask to join the group. Um, so I definitely would get involved in the free Facebook group. If you are looking to set up your training plan, resistance training, like we have, ebooks available on site they do also go into some cardio stuff as well so again like you you can understand how to put it all together in an actual actionable plan like we have three day four day five day and six day programs if gary gets the finger out and uploads it onto site um, but uh yeah i definitely would get involved in either of those two things if you are interested in either continuing the conversation or looking into get a structured program then if you are looking to get on uh, another community and a structured program you know we do have a male and a female group coaching available you know and again that would be more resistance training and obviously some cardiovascular training in there like we talked through how to implement all that stuff uh, and those groups are slowly but surely building so if you are interested in getting involved again the link is in the description and other than that, we do still have a few spaces available for one-to-one -one coaching. So if you are interested in that, again, get involved. You can drop us an email. We can discuss whether we're a right fit for you, whether you're a right fit for us. If you do, if we do find like, okay, that's just not someone that we would coach, you know, we can point you in the direction of someone who would be a better fit for you, you know? Um, so basically, just get involved. Obviously, liking, subscribing, doing all that stuff, leaving a five-star review if you're listening to a podcast, you know yourself. Like all of that stuff does help get the message out. So if you do take something away from this and you're like, look, these guys are actually putting out a good message, like tell tell someone about it, you know, share the podcast. You know, that's, that's how we get better at being able to provide good information, you know? Yes, sir. Is there anything else they could do to help the, the cause um, don't think so to be honest I think that's about it follow the YouTube channel that's the other thing tell your friends about it tell your friends just tell your mom tell your dad kids watch, watch every single video on the channel anyway I'm going to wrap this up because Gary I believe you need to leave and go back to 
Korkig. Korkig, yeah. Korkig. So it is too easy, as Gary says. It's too easy. <laughs>